Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 77 and my name is Derek and like always, I welcome you and if this is your first time in the show, well, here we talk about solo and cooperative board games. That's right. And once in a while, we talk about a competitive one as well. That means the traditional board games that you can play in one versus the other ones and see who is the winner. But usually, we like to have fun by ourselves or with friends that we can team up and try to defeat the villains. And that's why we play solo and cooperative or cooperative. And once in a while, we have very special shows, like the one that we're, uh, we're going to announce very soon, that is going to be the end of the year episode. I don't want to spoil you yet, but it's going to be a very special one. Now, if you want to know how you can support the show, there's a few ways that you can do it, but there's a fantastic way that also you can be rewarded. That's right. So if you go right now to www.kickstartergames.com, that's kickstarted with ed at the end.com, uh, you can get 15% off of, if you use the code SOLOBG, that's right, just all together, SOLOBG, and you get 15% off, plus you get free shipping when you spend 100 or more dollars, and if you're uh, based in the U.S., you will get free shipping from all your purchase, and you will get your discount and all that good stuff. So that's a, a way that you can support the show, and another way that you can do it, it's uh, by following us in our social media. You can do it through Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at SOLOBG Podcast all together, or if you want to shoot me an email, you can do it as well to solobgpodcast at gmail.com and that's that's it you know we are ready to start another episode and this is um i always mention a very special one i know but this is one that i was looking forward to record and i know a lot of you my friends were also looking forward to hear my thoughts on this game and to talk about this game more than anything else and you know talk about the components the adventures, the miniatures, because oh yeah, this game has a bunch of miniatures, and talk about uh, you know about those epic uh, episodes that we that you can you and I we can play together, or you can play by yourself, or you can play with your friends, uh, and have this epicness just as the story of this theme that I'm pretty sure you already read on the title of the episode, and we're gonna talk about the Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth, published by Fantasy Flight Games. A board game of adventure and exploration for one to five players. So there you go. You have it. And actually, this is going to be a very different episode because, believe it or not, on this last week, I haven't played that much uh, of a board games because I've been playing something else. You know, I'm, try I'm trying to get away from there and the way I can go back to the table. But I will tell you more about it once we start. And you know what? Let's do it like always in three, two, one solo BG podcast. This is episode number 77. And here we are with Lord of the Rings, Journeys, and Middle-Earth. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays, and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Alrighty, so welcome. Now we are officially in episode number 77. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth, like you read it on the title. Before that, you know, usually when we start with the episode, I usually tell you, hey, you know, I've been playing this and that, and that usually takes like a big chunk of 25 minutes of the episode. 
This is probably the first one from all the 70, 70, uh, 70, 70, from all the 77 episodes that, you know, I haven't played that much, to be honest, board games, of course. So what I've been doing this past week between the last episode, which it was Under Falling Skies by CGE, and this uh, week episode, I've been painting minis, and I finally, I completed, finished it. I painted all the minis. Uh, with the Lord of the Rings journeys in Middle-earth. Now, I have to say that my friend Anthony, he's a great painter, and if you want to know more info about him, you can uh, follow in my social media. Just ask me, and I will definitely send you directly to him. He helped me to paint probably 70% of the miniatures of the Lord of the Rings journeys in Middle-earth. We did a fantastic job. Check it out, the pictures on, on my social media. Once again, the, I have all the pictures there while I, was, while I was playing my adventures and everything and exposing all the miniatures. Anyway... I've been, I've been finishing painting it. Now I can say that the base game is fully painted and I got a, you know, a generic neoprene mat that is kind of look like a fantasy and stuff. So I laid out that neoprene mat on my table and I put the minis and I bring brought my iPad, no advertising for Apple or anything like that, brought my tablet, I guess let's call it that way, and I start to play a few missions, a few more missions on the first campaign. Um... And also, um, you know, I finished painting all the minis. So finally, it's one of the few games that I have all the minis painted from the base game. The other games that I have fully painted, it's Imperial Assault. The base game is fully painted. Uh, Ninja Turtles uh, City Fall is fully painted. I'm sorry, no, Change is Constant is fully painted. Uh, the Power Rangers, I'm finishing right now with the Heroes of the Grid. Also finishing painting those ones because I want to play more in that way I can show you the episodes. And probably the ones that I've been trying, I will try probably to paint them as well. That, uh, you know, because it's one of my favorite games. It's going to be the Miniatures from Manchester of Madness, 2nd Edition, and the Cthulhu Dead May Die as well. I have painted some of the Manchester of Madness, actually, some of the main characters, but not, not all the monsters and stuff. So... We have a lot to paint. I'm pretty sure you suffer from the same pain as me. And it will be interesting to know your feedback. Like, do you actually really paint all the minis when you get a new game? Or is it just like, okay, I would really want to play this game and I'm just going to bring it to the table. I don't have time to paint it. How it is? How is it for you? I would like to hear it. And you can comment your opinion either on the, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, if they allow you to. If it's through iVox, uh, iTunes, of course, you can comment there. And I will certainly get back to you. You can shoot me an email. You can do it in the, in the post from the Facebook or Instagram uh, from the episode. You can do it as well there and we can start have a conversation together. But yeah, um, so I know that's that's one of the things, no? Because now in these times, we get all these fantastic, uh, epic, huge Kickstarters, you know, and huge new board games, but they come with a bunch of minis, which, hey, I have nothing against that, but at that point, it's like, am I going to paint at some day once I become... 60 or 70 year old, all the minis, <laughs> you know, from all the games that I have, uh, it's going to be hard. Actually, the other one that I have painted most of it, but it's very, very bad quality, uh, is the Street Masters by my friends uh, Brady and Adam Salder, which, by the way, if they're listening, hi, my dear friends. And, uh, you know, that's another game that I've been enjoying it. And actually, the first the first time that I, the first year of the podcast, I named that game the game of the year for Solo BG Podcast, Street Masters. So there you go. Um those minis are almost fully painted. Anyway, now we are here to talk about The Lord of the Rings. I play a few times during this week just to wrap it up, my thoughts and everything. And I actually finished the first campaign. Um, so that's that's very good. Um, but I distracted a little bit and I had to, I had to you know, release this guild, my friends, with you and, and share with you here in, in this uh, safe and secret spot, which is Solo BG Podcast, that is between you and I. I didn't play as much as game as I should, which is weird. I think it's the first time actually on the year 
that um, you know that I didn't play as many games as I used to, which is worries me because I did a, a goal for myself of playing um, 365 times on this year, 2020, and I only have played 338 times. So I need to what? It's like 27 more. Yeah, I need to play uh, 27 more games, uh, more times. You know, in that way I can at least achieve my you know my lowest goal of the year, which was to play basically one game per day 365 times um i don't it doesn't matter which how many games right just 365 times and i can tell you by my stats that i have played so far on this year 187 games different games once again at 338 times and with 32 different players so there you go right and this and it's a lot of players you know in this chaotic year of 2020 I still managed to see some friends, you know, with all the precautions as well and, and play some games and stuff early on the year, of course, January, February, back before we actually got, you know, hit it, at least in U.S. with the whole pandemic situation. Anyway, um, you know, I was a little bit guilt of this last week of Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and I got myself back into PlayStation 4 because I haven't got a PlayStation 5, which is crazy. It's crazy that it's it's out everywhere, and the price is like what, like five, six hundred, he's six hundred American dollars with taxes, and I mean, imagine it's like if you're getting two all-in huge Kickstarters, right? Which at the same time, if you think about it, all the money that we spend on Kickstarter is probably that it's not that much. Anyway, I haven't been lucky to get one of those, but I've been playing my PS4, and I actually have a recommendation for you. If you have a PlayStation 4, I want to recommend you, and I never do this, and this is not going to become uh, or it's going to become uh, you know a, a video game podcast. Not at all. I'm a huge fan of board games. I love solo board gaming, and I will still prefer solo board gaming over anything else. But I I play a fantastic game. I got myself a fantastic game that is called The Ghost of Tsushima. And it's great. The graphics are gorgeous. And, and the story is gorgeous. And I hope, I hope, listen to this. This is what I, this is the trick that I'm using in the way I can push the <laughs> I can push the, the, the tactic there, you know. I hope that game somewhere in time gets translated to a board game, just like God of War did, for example, or Resident Evil, which God of War, I mean, yeah, I don't like it anymore, to be honest with you, but once, don't worry, I won't tell you my thoughts on God of War until we revisit <laughs> that game in the future, but Resident Evil by Steamforge is a game, Resident Evil 2, that I really enjoy, and it's like playing the video game, so I hope somewhere in the future, somehow, a cool designer and a cool publisher decide to bring the Ghost of Tsushima into a board game because the video game is just beautiful and the story is so epic, so immersed. Of course, I haven't finished, but it's just great. Now, if, if once again, our hobby is the board game, but if you have a PlayStation 4 and, and you can, you know, get a game, definitely get that one. You're going to have fun. I'm still having fun. Now, once again, I, I you know, I slap myself a little bit and I'm like, okay, you're gonna ha you're gonna need to get back to the table and play more games for next episode. So now, actually, once I finish, I'm gonna play. Once I finish recording, I'm gonna play Legendary Encounters, which is one of my favorite solo games ever. So um, especially because we're aiming towards a special episode towards the end of the year, and well, you kind of get the hint. So I wanna play Legendary Aliens Encounters um, in that way you know, we can have fun. So that's my recommendation to you <laughs> for this episode. And that's what I've been playing, honestly. I mean, I've been having a blast once again. And actually, I think the game, the Assassin's Creed game, um, I'm talking about another uh, video game that it was translated to board game. Uh, it's it's coming out, I think. It was a Kickstarter or something. 
Um, but I think it's coming out a bunch of minis and stuff. So I'm looking forward also to get my hands on a copy in the future and, and try to share my thoughts with you as well. And it will be interesting, you know, at some point also to record an episode about video games that they have been now converting to board games and see which ones really work pretty well, which ones didn't work. Uh, you know, we can talk about every single kind of games. Like there's some little card games from Mario that is called Power Up or something that I haven't heard, I haven't heard very good things about it. So we can talk about every or most of the games once again that they have they have come from the console towards the board gaming table. And if you will be interested to be on that show, please shoot me an email and we can arrange make we can make all the arrangements, of course. So now, now we're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings, the Journeys in Middle-Earth. Once again, this is a game that is published by Fantasy Flight and that is designed by Nathan Hasek. I hope I pronounced it correctly. I'm sorry. And Grace Holdinghouse. Grace Holdinghouse and Nathan Hasek, or Hasek, um, they are the designers of this game. Once again, published by Fantasy Flight in America, distributed by Asmodee and it requires a free, completely free, digital companion app, either from your smartphone or from your tablet, because we're not going to give any advertising to any of the big companies, either uh, Samsung or Apple. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just need the app. And, and some, sometimes, sometimes that implementation or requirement that you need a, a technology device on the table to kind of guide you through the game, sometimes that throws off a few gamers that they're like, you know, like as, if you're going to implement technology, I don't want to be here because I I like board games because that's a way that I disconnect myself from technology and stuff. But I hope at least if you're one of those, uh, you know, people, I hope at least you can stay for the episode, hear my thoughts, hear my impressions, hear my experiences, and then we go from there because this is a very special game for me. I didn't receive it for free. I went and bought my copy like a year ago. And, and yeah, so there is. Let's start. Let's start with the uh, the boxing cover. Let's start with the section, the audio unboxing. Then we're going to talk about how it plays very briefly, give you the idea. And then I'm going to share my thoughts with you. So with that being said, let's start like always with the first section of the show, which is box and cover. Box and cover. All righty. So now we are in the box and cover section of the show. It's a big box. I will tell you. <laughs> it's a huge, huge box. Same size of Imperial Assault 2nd Edition. Same size of Imperial Assault. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> not Imperial Assault 2nd Edition. Manchester Madness 2nd Edition, Imperial Assault. Same size, uh, kind of as a Cthulhu Dead May Died. Even we go back in time, um, same size as the Dungeons and Dragons board games such as The Legend of Drizzt, Temple of Elemental Evil. Uh, it's a big, big box. Similar size, a big, a little bit bigger than the Aftermath game from Plate Hat Games. Um, same size of Posthuman Saga, which is actually a game that we're going to talk in the future. So you get the idea. It's a big, big, big box because... You get a lot inside. Uh, and the main cover, you have Aragorn fighting with to, uh, with some orcs. And he has that sword that turns into blue because it's a signal that orcs are close or around or nearby. And then you have also Legolas shooting in the back from an orc. It's pretty cool. And then you have uh, Gimli as well throwing some axes, some sh you know, fighting with his axe over there uh, towards the orcs. Great, great cover. A very, um, it's, it's, I would honestly, and this is this is sorry, part of my ignorance. I will look for it right now. But 
it looks very similar to the art from Lord of the Rings, the card game. So I don't know if it's the same uh, artist that make these um, designs, but I will tell you in a little bit once we open the box. And then on the sides, once again, well, on the front, it tells you as well, Lord of the Rings Journeys to the Middle Earth, a board game of adventure and exploration for one to five players. And is designed by Nathan Hasek, like I mentioned, and Grace uh, Holding House, published by Fantasy, ha Fantasy Flies, and it requires the app to play. Then on the sides, you have the same illustration, of course, you know, on a different display. And once again, it tells you the same, a board game for adventure and exploration for one to five players. And then on one side, you will have the orc. On, on, on the other side, you can have Aragorn if you uh, decide to put the box, uh, you know, in a vertical way, I guess I will call it. And then on the back, you will get a huge, a huge picture of how potentially you want to display the mat on your table because the mat or the, or the setup will be changing uh, you know, from from chapter to chapter, episode to episode, and what and so on and so forth. Now, here is what you get: a little bit of flavor, right, before you get into the game. Not all those who wander are lost. It's dangerous business. Frodo going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be sweep off to. Bill, that's said by Bilbo Baggins. Journeys on the Middle Earth, it's a fully cooperative board game and fantasy and adventure for one to five players. You and your friends take on the roles of heroic characters from J.R.R. Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings, traveling through Middle Earth to battle villainous foes, make courageous choices, and fight against the evil and threatens, uh, the ones that threaten the lands, right? With an immersive campaign featuring branching narratives, multiple side quests, and procedural map generation system, Journeys in Middle Earth is continually surprising and highly replayable through the game interwoven scenarios you must work together to unravel mysteries fight enemies and further the story as you protect the middle earth from encroaching darkness adventure await only those who are bold enough to seek it gather your friends pack your bags and find your fortunes with journeys in middle earth and once again that you need the app it actually like fantasy flight does why not includes you the it tells you, I'm sorry, which sleep size do you need in case you want to sleep all this, the cards inside. Now, be aware of this if you just buy the game or if you're going to buy the game. Because at least in America, Asmod uh, you know, took over those Fantasy Flight sleeves. And now they're called Game, game Genic or Game Genic uh, Ingenious Supplies. And the sleeves are slightly different. Uh, in my opinion, they fit way better on most of the board games. So, you know, but I believe the numbers stay the same. So just make sure that you get the right ones. Uh, it plays 14 euro plus, one to five players, 60 euro plus. I'm sorry, 60 euro plus, 60 minutes or more is each campaign average. And the app, you know, it's app friendly with Google Play, App Store, Amazon, or Steam. And you can look for more information in fantasyflightgames.com. So that's about the box and cover. Now, let's jump. Let's see what do we see. What do we find inside the box? And, you know, we will keep going with this unique Lord of the Rings journeys in Middle Earth. Inside the box. Now, I'm not going to, uh, you know, do the classic movement that I shake the box and everything. I have it here on the table, actually. But it's... Uh, there you go. Just for you. Okay, I do it because the box is huge, you know, it's it's crazy. You get a lot of content inside that we're going to talk. So what are you going to find inside? You're going to find the rules reference. You're going to have the learn to play, which is two rule books, the campaign sort of, and or the more like, a, you know, the ones that you go for every single keyword and you have the learn to play. You get the 22 double-sided uh, map tiles, which each one will have a letter B or A. Um, 
You get to double-sided battle maps, which they're huge, which those ones you literally set it up, and the app will tell you what to do. 28 uh, damage card, you know, you get fear cards, you get item cards, boon card, title cards, plastic as standees, uh, kind of like a flax that each enemy group is going to be using. Um, you know, get, you're getting skill cards, you're getting hero skill cards, grow skill cards, you get uh, weakness, terrain cards. Um, you get the 31 miniatures or plastic figures. Uh, you get the hero card for each of the six main characters that you're going to find in the game. You get a bunch of tokens um, and that you will be using them to encounter different characters while you travel to the, uh, you know, in the Middle Earth or also, you know, to represent uh, certain, um, you know, dangers or, or oh, hold on, I'm throwing my microphone, uh, you know, dangers on the road or, or checkpoints on the road or stuff like that. Okay. So now let's let's look into the rule book here because I know some people they're not a huge fans of the system that Fantasy Flight does with the learn to play and then you know all that stuff. I don't have anything anything against and I think it's great that you know they include you like a very easy uh learn to play uh part for the game and then you have all the huge reference uh, book where you can go. The Learn to Play, it's actually 16 double-sided pages, which is very self-explanatory. It will tell you how do you do on your, what do you do on your turns, how many phases, what actions you can do, what, uh, you know, different weapon ability is, when they're ranged, when they're melee, stuff like that, how the enemies activated, and any way the app will be reminding you most of the times and telling you what's going on. I wanted to say also that the digital artist was Gary Storkamp. And uh, like I said, I don't know if it's the same, um, you know, artist because the art direction was from uh, Team Flanders and the cover art by Chris Rand. I don't know if they are the same people that did the card game, but it seems to me that it's very similar. And actually, the rules reference, the art on the rules reference, it's great. It's actually from one of my favorite scenes that I'm pretty sure is most of the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, fans out there, favorite scene from the movies, which is Gandalf standing at the bridge and the dragon or the demon is just on the other side and he says, you shall not pass. And he's, you know, has his staff over there. It's great. It's, right away when you get that part, it's like you already want to uh, start with some adventures. Like I said, the miniatures are great quality. Well, I'm going to, the t I'm sharing right now. <laughs> I had to stop myself. I'm sharing right now my, my thoughts. But anyway, you get minis, you get terrain tiles, um, you get uh, some, uh, you, you get the terrain tiles, you get the terrain, I'm sorry, the the tiles that you're going to form the map with. The map with. Um, you don't get any 3D, t any 3D terrain scenario, you know, things. Uh, only like cardboard, but if you want to pimp it up, there's uh, options out there online where you can get some, you know, terrain. In that way, you can pimp it up the, the experience, I guess. So that's what we find inside the box. Now, now let's go into our next section. Let's see how it plays very briefly, very, very briefly, because uh, rules can come and play during this game and change. But I will tell you in general how it works. Uh, each phase, like what, what you're going to do in a, in, a, in a turn, the mechanics and why this game is very different somehow to Manchester of Madness, uh, which is second edition, I'm sorry, which is, they came kind of, you know, Manchester of Madness second edition came first. It was a big success. Then Lord of the Rings came. And, and, and the issue was, you know, if not knowing too much about the game was, okay, is it going to be the same as Manchester Madness 2nd Edition? And, you know, just with Retheme and now it's, it's, it's Lord of the Rings. Is it going to be different? Uh, how are they going to do it? Are you going to also be rolling dice for every single thing? So now I'm going to tell you the main differences. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about the mechanics of this one. And at the end, on my thoughts, I'm going to, you know, 
talk about a little bit difference and 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 why one I think is it's it's different to the other one, of course. And if I think that one is better versus the other one, and so on and so forth. So anyway, with that being said, let's see how he plays. This is Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth. Game play. Are you looking for that Kickstarter game that you missed during the Kickstarter campaign? Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals? Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com. There, you will find Kickstarter board games, expansions, Kickstarter exclusive content, graphic novels, RPG novels, toys and collectibles, and much more. Kickstarter Games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that I want to have on my gaming collection. Plus, they offer free shipping in the US when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right, use the code SOLOBG altogether and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games. Alrighty, so now we are into the gameplay section of the show. So how it works, let, let me start here, and I have the rulebook here with me, all right? So the story is untold, basically. Each time the players begin an adventure, the Journeys in the Middle Earth app fills the adventure which content from host of many possibilities. The same adventure can vary in many aspects, the size and layout of the map, the enemies and allies that are encountered, the events that, the events that plague the heroes, and much more. As a result, players can play the same campaign repeatedly and live a new story every time. In the overview of the game, well, you know, like I, like I said, it's, an, it's an, a fully cooperative game that you can play solo. When I play solo, I choose two, two characters, and Basically, you're going through the adventures of J.R.R. Tolkien, um, you know, from, from Lord of the Rings. That's what it is. It's not based on the movies. It's based on the books. But the books, I mean, the movies are based on the books. So, you know, you see what I'm saying, all right? So, um, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to download the, the app, right? And you're going to set up for, you're going to get ready for the first campaign. Once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk here about a two-player uh, campaign, cooperative campaign, or solo, which once again you're gonna use two heroes, right? So you're gonna choose your party of heroes, you're gonna choose them, you're gonna grab their miniatures, grab their hero card, and then you're gonna also get on the app and you're gonna select at the same time the app will be instructing you, you know, to, to mention which heroes are you gonna you're gonna use, and then you're gonna name your, your party. And um, at least I name it the fellowship. I know how how original, right? <laughs> I name it the fellowship. Uh, and I play with Aragon and with Legolas. So, fantastic, fantastic combination, by the way. And then you're going to gather each hero's skill cards. They will consist, the basic, once you start the game, you will, they will consist on, every hero will have a different skill card, with they will go number one through six, and with the word, uh, you know, basic, because those are the basic cards, and we all start with those ones on, on our little deck of cards. You don't use dice, big spoiler right now. Then, you will get, uh, you know, your particular ones from your hero that they are number one one to five the ones through five from your hero you're gonna get them on that on that deck 
and then you're going to get the uh, skill cards with number one to three for the specific role that you want your hero to be. And there are different roles like the burglar, the hunter, the barbarian, and so on and so forth. Very medieval fantasy. You're going to choose your role for each hero and you're going to get those three skill cards as well. Then you're going to form your deck and you're going to add a weakness card. Just a weakness card, basically what it does is take a space on your deck that if you reveal it, well, it's like nothing, right? Not a success, not a, not an opportunity to, to get a, a, a focus or influence token and change it to a success. You don't get anything. So with the weakness, basically, is just obstructing in your deck in that way uh, you cannot defend towards enemies or do certain actions. Right? Once you have your deck, you're basically ready to go. Each hero will start with usually with two or three items already. You will have on your main hero board the ability to play up to four or prepare up to four, four cards. I'm sorry. Usually, most of the heroes they start with two prepared cards already, which is like the weapon and any. Uh, cloth or, or, or shield or something that they're wearing. For example, Legolas will start with the bow and with a cloak. Uh, Aragorn will start with the sword, uh, with uh, another cloak, and I remember what else he start with. Uh, and then after that, you basically are on and to go to the app and start your adventure. Now, what you, the round is going to consist in three different phases, and it's structured different in this, in this way, I'm sorry. Action phase, the shadow phase, and the rally phase, all right? So what you're going to be doing on the action phase, before that, before that, in every, in every and this is not telling you in the rule, but on the app it will tell you. It will tell you to, uh, you know, to the rally phase, basically. With actually, you get it at the end as well. But at the beginning of the game, you're gonna do it, which is basically, basically shuffle your deck of cards, then reveal two. Once you reveal those two, except if you're Aragon, you're able to reveal three. Once you reveal those two, you can prepare an extra card with the ones that you prepared previously starting the game with. Now, you can always only have up to four prepared cards at any time. All right. Once you get, once you prepare the card, the remaining card you can put it either at the bottom or at the top of the deck. This is because after you shuffle, of course. Now, if you don't want to prepare any card, you can also put those cards either one once again at the bottom or the top of the deck. Then you start the adventure with the action phase. Actions very, very similar in a way to Manches of Madness and Imperial Assault with the app, which is. Each character will take a turn by performing two actions. And your character can travel, which is move, and you can move up to two times. And you, you know, you can perform your movement, put a pause or something else, and then continue your movement. Uh, you can do an attack against an enemy in your space, or if you have a bow or any sort of range weapon, you can do a range, which is one adjacent space, basically. Or you can interact with a, a token in your space, which once again, this can be characters, this can be uh, different thresholds or different things according to the adventure on the app. So those are the only three things that you can do. Of course, each hero has abilities and certain things that you can manipulate a little bit, or if you prepare previous cards, some of them, they will allow you to discard your card at the end of the turn, and that way you can do an action that you uh, you didn't realize this turn or things like that. So there's a way that you can get a, an extra action, you know, sometimes, but basically you will get two actions, and these are the ones that you can do. Uh, and you can repeat the same if you like. Then, after that, you're going to jump into the shadow phase. This is where enemies will activate. The darkness is resolved uh, if necessary, of course. If you have tiles with darkness, then something bad will happen, and uh, the threat increases. Uh, threat events are activated if threat reaches the threshold. Okay, so this is how it works. On the app, there's going to be like a little bar on top where you're 
basically doing everything, uh, and it will have a number, let's say zero to fifty. So every every um, shadow phase, that number, depending on what you're doing in, a, in the adventure, if you're resolving the story or if you're not, that number will increase by five or ten or or so on and so forth. I mean, the app does it automatically. And if you reach the first threshold, then something bad is going to happen. It can tell you, for example, if you're at the middle of the game, that you will place darkness tokens on certain tiles, and that means that those tiles are with darkness and if characters are there at this phase bad stuff is going to happen to them so also it's going to be the shadow phase where enemies can activate because if there's no enemies on the um, on the on the on the map the app will tell you here like spawn this and spawn this orc and spawn this you know this enemy here and these wolves or whatever and then they're going to move towards the closer enemy usually and they're going to attack that enemy and I will tell you how you attack and you defend basically in a little bit. And you can do, all those things can happen on the shadow phase. And the rally phase, which is the, after that happens, is where basically each hero grabs their deck, shuffles their deck, scout a certain number of cards, which is basically draw, and you're able to prepare them just as you did at the beginning of the game. Then the app will tell you, okay, now it's action phase again, and the heroes can do their actions. Now, the main mechanics of this deck is what replaces the dice, or the dice, I'm sorry, from the other games from Fantasy Flight that they have this similar way to play, I guess. So instead of rolling dice, for example, when you're attacking an enemy, you're going to use your skill, and you have different skills, stat skills, different... Uh, you know things that you can that you can use, right? So once you uh, you have you have the hero stats like agility, might, spirit, wisdom, wit. So let's say you are using a uh, Legolas, right? And if you want to shoot, you want to shoot with the bow. Usually the bow will be an agility uh, check, right? Let's call it that way. So you're gonna check on your hero on your hero card how many. How much is that ability for that hero? So in this, in this way, Legolas has four for agility. Those are that's the number of cards that you're gonna draw from your deck. If it says four, then you're gonna draw four. Now each card on the corner of the card, on top right corner, it will have a symbol, either like a little leaf or like a little sun. And that sun, it's a success. So if you reveal, uh, you know, two or three of those, then you're going to go to your weapon card, the one that you choose to shoot with, and it will tell you, if you reveal one, it's two hits. If you reveal two, it's five hits. Then those hits, you're going to select the enemy on the app, and you're going to apply those uh, that amount of hits to the enemy. The interesting thing is that if you're not able to kill it, then the enemy will activate. The app will tell you that the enemy activate if he's able to, and he will fight you back. Of course, very thematic. It's like you're shooting at the orc and you don't kill him. Well, he's going to try to kill you, right? Now, if you're with an enemy in, you know, in a zone or in a region, and you want to do something else in your space, better say, then there's enemies in your space, and you want to do something else other than attack, then that enemy is going to get activated and they're going to do some damage to you or they're going to do some damage to you. And basically how it works is that the app will tell you, okay, it, uh, this uh, you know enemy attacked this hero and it's, it's going to give uh, one damage and one horror, right? So now it's going to also tell you this ability, let's say, spirit, spirit blocks. So you're going to do the same just as the attack. According to the number and your stat of the spirit, you're going to reveal that amount of cards, and each success is going to block one of those damage, right? 
And if you're not able to block them, then you're going to get one of those cards because we have a, a horror deck and a damage deck that you're going to get. You're going to reveal a face up if, if, the app, if the app doesn't instruct you otherwise, and it will have consequences. Now, if the app, the app tells you face down, then it goes face down. Also, each enemy will have only is going to be only able to hold certain amount of damage or horror. And once you reach that number, then on the app, you need to do like uh, something that is called the last stand. And the app will tell you, well, you need to pass this test. And if you don't pass that test, well, then your hero is dead and you, the other heroes have until the next rally phase to basically accomplish the mission. So if a hero dies, it's going to be very hard and it's practically lost. But if you lose that adventure, it doesn't mean that you lost the whole campaign because you're going to keep moving forward regardless if you win or you lose. The only thing that is if you win, you're going to get more experience. And with that experience on the kind of town phase of the game, or between, uh, you know, uh, every story of the game or every chapter, you're gonna get like a town phase where you can bow, where you can bow, where you can buy better cards, better skills, some weapon and stuff. In the way your um, your character can keep can get stronger, uh, you know, after if each chapter, and in that way it can become more powerful. Just for example, when I play the first campaign with with Frodo, uh, at the end of the Kind of like at the chapter six, he was like an orc killer, like crazy. He was super powerful, which it was weird to see it. Uh, but he was super powerful and killing all the orcs around. And he was, it was cool, but at the same time, he was like, well, Frodo is not like that on the on the story, right? He's more like a burglar kind of guy. And he's, you know, just trying to, you know, hide from the orcs and try to make his way to to Mordor, right? But anyway, um, so that's that's basically how it, how it works, the deck. And that's what replaces the dice on the other games, like I mentioned, from Manchester Madness and Imperial Assault. Um, now, the first campaign that you're going to use when you set up a game of Lord of the Rings, it's called, and I have it here, sorry for, for, <laughs> for my pause here, but the one that you're going to be, oh man, where did I... I have everything here, honestly, and it's like, okay, it's called Bones of Armor. Bones of Armor, that's the one that you're going to choose, uh, you know, the first one to play with, and you can choose uh, the difficulty that you want to play, either in normal difficulty or, or harder difficulty. It's it's advice, of course, I use the normal one, because even I play the normal one, not that I'm a great player, but <laughs> I play the normal one, and I lose a few of them. At the end, the results were successful. I don't want to spoil you on the story at all, but... Uh, you know, it was very epic, um, very immersive, and, and I'm sharing my thoughts now. You see, I already did it two times on this episode. <laughs> I need to get better with that. Anyway, so that's basically how the Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth, published by Fantasy Flight, plays. And now let's go into my favorite section of the show, where I tell you if i rather play this game solo or cooperative, and what do I think about the game? Do I recommend this game to you? Is it worth it to spend, I don't know, 70 or 80 or probably in some places 100 American dollars if you go to your uh, local gaming stores here in America? Um, is it worth it? it I, I'm a fan of the Lord of the Rings movies. Is it worth it? I read the books. I watched the movies. Is it worth it? I'm not a fan of Lord of the Rings. Should I get into it? I will tell you all that. Let's jump into our next section of the show. Solo or cooperative.
Okay, so now we are ready to, you know, share my thoughts with you after we hear that epic music before we jump into here. It's the, I had to say, the soundtrack of Lord of the Rings is fantastic. That's a uh, solo BG must have for your Spotify or your, uh, you know, Apple Music or Google Music or whatever. In that way, we can advertise every everybody or in your CD uh, player or in your if you're like me, in your vinyl recorder player. Uh, that's a game that you... You, 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 you need... No, I'm sorry, that's a soundtrack that you need to have because it's epic and you can use it for a lot of games. Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-earth, one to five players, once again, um, in, you know, 60 to 120 minutes per uh, per game, which it's accurate, uh, and 14 euro plus. Yeah, it's 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 not a simple game. I'm, I, I, I'm not saying that nobody, anybody younger than that can play it. Just, you know, you have some teaching that you have to do. So, so that's that, right? But, that's fine. We all learn. I guess I, I still need to get teached. So, what do I think about the game? Do I think if it's played better solo or cooperative? Okay. Here is the deal. I played it cooperative a few times, and it's cool. And I will show you right now. And I never do this. I, I usually wait. I will tell you right now that I, I think it plays better solo. I think it does play better solo, and, and I enjoy it solo. Uh, especially with this times where it's hard to find people to play with because you know covid but um solo i think could be because of this year once again i think uh, it's easier to to enjoy the game because you have you know a better perspective of what's going on which it with each character that you're using you can play with three like with three characters if you like you can use something like okay i, I will choose aragon legolas and gimli or um, aragon legolas and and frodo you know if you want you can you know bring the three characters or two characters doesn't matter. It's just the amount that you will be able to hand to to the amount of, of, of cards that you're going to be able to manage and the abilities and the stuff it can get a little bit confusing. I think that's why the two players will. It's it's a it's a best way to do it as solo. And I think this gameplay better as solo. Now, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, no. Here, let me rephrase. I really enjoy the movies. I really did. I I have watched all of them. Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, The Return of the King, and I actually watched The Hobbit ones as well, as well I'm sorry, the, the Desolation of Smog, and I remember the other ones, but I have seen The Three Hobbit and The Three Lord of the Rings. Um, I brought it back, this game, once again, about it more than a year ago. I finished painting it, I set it up, and I started to watch the movies while I was playing the game. And it's it's... It's just, I mean, once again, the the game is not based on any of this of the movie stories that you're doing, right? The the main one, no. This is more like adventures that you do sideways, I guess, with your characters. But all I'm saying is that if you like the the movies, then the theme of the the theme in the game is there, if that makes sense. Okay, so I rather play it solo. What we're gonna start with the, with the cons of the game that I find. Okay, the cons of the game is the same con that I have with Imperial Assault and is the setup of the tiles. Sometimes, that's the biggest for me, sometimes the setup of the tiles can be a little bit tricky, right? Because, I mean, it, it can be, uh, you know, uh, double-sided and it's A and B and numbers 200, 100, 300. And sometimes when they, when you explore different areas, which I didn't talk on the previous version, in the previous section, I'm sorry. Every time that you explore an area, you're going to get an influence token. And that influence token will be basically like a focus or a token that every time that you uh, reveal a card from your deck and it has the leaf symbol, you can spend one of those tokens to make it a success. That's basically it. Anyway, um, so finding the tiles and, you know, setting it up and all stuff, 
That's the dragging part of the game, in my opinion, and it can be very tricky. There's expansions out there already, one, one expansion that includes Gandalf and other amazing characters, um, but I'm assuming and imagining that that one came also with a bunch of tiles. So that's the only thing, the, the tiles. Now, the art, the art is a mix for me because the art on the tiles, it's, it's okay, but at the same time, once you have like a huge map laid out, I still feel, in my opinion, that it needs something else to, to bring it more, right? To, to make it more epic. So the design on the tiles, once again, is not bad. It's just that once you have everything, at the same time, at least for me, once again, it doesn't look too appealing. Like, for example, the beautiful tiles that you get with Mansions of Madness. Those are beautiful. I I, I think between the three those three games, Imperial Assault, uh, you know, uh, this one, Lord of the Rings, and Mansions of Madness. Mansions of Madness has beautiful tiles. That one, as you are exploring and discovering more parts of the, let's say, the mansion in the, in the first adventure, um, the more that you discover the beautiful it looks on the table and the more epic, and you're like, oh, great, whatever, you know. And, and this one is like most of the tiles are the same, except when you go into caverns or stuff like that, that they look with a uh, dark edge, you know, surrounding those tiles and things like that. Or when you go like inside certain places, they can change a little bit the art and it gets better. But usually when you're outside traveling, once again, I wish the art on the tiles could be a little bit better. It's not bad. That's why I put it as a mix. But it's not even a con or a pro. It's just, you know, there. That's one other thing that I will that I will critique of the game. Uh, the other con, it's that it's kind of hard because I feel like with these games, yes, with this game of Lord of the Rings, I'm sorry, yes, at the end it gives you that epicness and immersiveness that you're looking for and that you're trying to get from this game. But at the same time, the flavor text it's not that much, if that makes sense. Like, okay, it starts and it starts with a cool narrator in English, you know, talking about what's going on and this and that. And then that's it. I mean, I feel like this game needed a little bit of more flavor text. Like, I don't know, like somewhere in between the adventure, like, okay, let's throw a little bit of more narration and, and you know, like that cool voice and telling you something like, I don't know, like, it's okay, so far the hero's heart reached here and, and now the darkness of Mordor is coming over them and whatever. Or say something like, you show no pass. I hope that comes from the expansion. Things like that, you know, in between the adventure. No, not when you finish, you know, at, at the middle or something. Know that Manchester of Madness does it. But Manchester of Madness, I feel like, has, you know, better flavor text. Imperial Assault, yes, also, it, it, it helps its purpose because Star Wars is more, is different, right? But this one, coming from the Lord of the Rings, I was expecting more flavor text, more more addition to the to the immersiveness of the game. And once again, I feel like, yes, it is there, but not as much as I would expect it. So that's another con from the game. Now let's go in, let's jump into the positive things of the game of Lord of the Rings. Positive thing, components, the minis. Minis are fantastic. Great to paint. I had a blast painting them. Once again, no, I, I didn't paint most of them. I had to say thanks to my friend Anthony, which he helped me. Um, but, I mean, the miniatures are good quality, and once you have them painted, they look awesome. Even if you don't do, like, a great job like me, they're going to look fantastic on the table. So the minis are great. The minis, I think, it helps their purpose, and it looks great. The mechanics of the game, very similar at the same time with the other games I already mentioned. Moving, uh, 
encountering, attacking, um, you know, the enemy phase, and then let's prepare again and do it again. Um, it's there, similar to the other ones, but I'm really glad. I'm really glad that it, this wasn't just a retheme and just, okay, now let's bring the theme of Manchester Man. I'm, I'm sorry, of Lord of the Rings. The mechanic of the card, of the deck building, I guess, if you want to call it, the hand management, well, it's, it's not hand management either. The mechanic of the deck of cards, replacing the dice. I loved it. I definitely loved it. I definitely enjoyed it. I think it's great. I think it's great to see how your characters keep are they keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger and they get uh, better cards that you can prepare. That's great and that's another positive thing. The mechanic if you were worried at least I was worried and like when I heard that it's the, it's cards it doesn't include any dice I was like, "Oh man, I really you know, you know me. I, I like thematic games. I like some people call it a merry trash. I like a merry trash game where you roll dice, you have fun. This, it's great. Honestly, it's great. It works great, and it makes the game to feel very, 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 very different versus the other one. So that was a big success from Fantasy Flight and the design team to do this deck of cards mechanic implemented here for Lord of the Rings. Now, it can get you in a weird situation, like I mentioned to you previously, like Frodo, is, it was an orc killer, like a terminator of orcs. And that was kind of weird, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it worked great. Um, now, the other thing that I, I, I guess is a mix here on the mechanic is that even some cool cards that you can get that they will have a very cool prepare abilities, it will be kind of hard for you to prepare those abilities because once again, when you remember the rally phase that I told you, when you prepare and draw two cards and you can prepare one or place one on the bottom or the top, if you decide to prepare a cool ability, that cool ability usually comes with a success or with a double, uh, you know, leaf, which once again, if you have those tokens, the influence tokens, you can turn them into success. So usually those cards also come with very cool abilities or vice versa. So sometimes you've, or very often you fall in that situation like, ooh, do I guarantee a success here at the top of my deck or do I prepare this ability, you know? And that's where also the game puts you in a very sort of like tense moment uh, regarding the strategy that you want to do for the next turn. So that's, and that's, that's amazing because it's, it's cool and I like that tense of like, okay, what to do, you know, have these orcs do, do I guarantee a success or I do try to get this ability better in that way I can, you know, do this action or whatever. That I really like that. It's 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 hard because once again you're trying to on the town phase you're trying to get better cards, but it doesn't mean necessarily that you're gonna get to play those ability if that makes sense. So that's another mix. Once again, the mechanic of the cards. It's I love it. I like it. Great success from Fantasy Flight, and that's what really brings me into the game because the mechanics are great. Um, what else? The, the every every component that you get there, the rule book is great, very self-explanatory. The the rules reference is great as well. Once again, that doesn't bother me from from Fantasy Flight. The app uh, implementation, the the fact that you need to have an app on the table, it doesn't drag me away from the game. I think it's great to have that assistance, sort of like a dungeon master kind of guiding part for the game. So I think it's great. And believe me, it's it's not that... Let me put it this way. It's not that you bring in a lot of technology into the game that the game requires technology to be played. Yes, it does, because it's going to need that guide. 
But at the same time, everything is physical. You know, you're moving your character. You're putting bad characters there. You are, you know, with the cards part, it even feels more than you don't... The app is not as involved as in the previous games. Because, for example, in the previous games, I feel like it was more the app, like mansions and stuff. Like, it was more the app and you were just rolling dice, right, to see what's going on. And you just let yourself immerse in the story. Which, once again, I don't have anything about an implementation of an app with the game. But in this one... Even if it's there, in my opinion, it feels less because you have this deck of cards that you're trying to manage. So that makes a huge, huge difference that really feels like just the app is there just to guide you and nothing else. I mean, that the game, the game is here at the table, if that makes sense. So with that being said, if you have been on the fence just because of the app implementation, believe me when I say... You you will enjoy you will enjoy it, and it has a very cool music actually. It has very cool effects, very cool music that you can leave in the background and stuff. So that's a big plus because, as you know, I always play with soundtracks. So with this app, I don't really need to put anything else. I mean, it's up to me if I want to put the the playlist from the Lord of the Rings movies. But you have cool music there that you can use while you play. So that's that's always a plus. That's always a cool. Um, for the ratings, right? For Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth, I guess it's not not a surprise that I'm going to give this game a solid four. I mean, it's a, mo- a solo BG podcast must have, that's for sure. And, you know, it's it's a great game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really had a blast. And and the mechanics were great. You have the immersiveness, you have the epicness, the, the miniatures, you have the, the heroes from the movies, which is great. I'm so glad that they brought the main characters because that also helped. If they would have bring secondary characters, I guess... Um, I don't know, that would be probably still good, but not as cool, I guess, if you wanna if you wanna call it that way. So the fact that they use the main characters, I mean, that that's you know, that's just great. That's just great and, and I really enjoy and I'm really glad that they that they did act. Talking about the characters, you get Aragon, you get uh Barabor, you get Bilbo, I'm sorry, I would call him Frodo all the episodes Bilbo. You get Legolas, you get Gimli, and you get Elena. I call it Frodo all the time, and it's beautiful. Um, and once again, you can choose roles for them, like Captain, Pathfinder, Burglar, uh, Musician, Guardian, Hunter, things like that. So um, it's just, it's great. Honestly, I definitely recommend it, especially for for these times. If you have, you know, if you have a son or a daughter that you want to play with, this is a very easy game that I feel like you can play with them because you can be guiding them with the app. If you are a completely solo player, once again, this game I really enjoyed it solo. I think it's the best way to do it as well. Um, so you will enjoy it solo, especially if you're a fan of the theme. And I even think that if you are not don't know too much about Lord of the Rings, so you don't care too much about the franchise, but you care about medieval fantasy, you're still going to enjoy the game because once again, the story, it doesn't follow the same story as the movies. So you will still get you get new stories. You will get to know the characters at, at, at some in some point and in some way. And and yeah, you're gonna get attached to the t- characters and you're gonna try to make them better and stuff. So definitely a solo BG podcast must have again, which is you know it's gonna be like that probably for a lot of episodes for me since I usually review games that I like. <laughs> um, but but there is Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth. I must have. A solid four from my end, and I definitely recommend checking out this game in the solo mode using two players or three players if you like. 
Anyway, alrighty, and I wanted to stop right now because I almost forgot. I want to say a big thanks and a big hi to my friend Steve Fennell, which he actually uh, commented in one of our posts from the previous episode from Under Falling Skies, and he mentioned that he really enjoyed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle episode, and he was going to check that one after work. So thank you so much to Steve and all of you amazing friends that you listen to this episode on your way to your work or to your daily duties. Anyway, that was all that I wanted to mention. Stay, keep going with the episode, enjoy Solo BG Podcast. And let's keep going. That was all, like I mentioned. I don't want to spoil because I'm trying to wrap up some details for a very special episode that we're going to have towards the end of the year with a very special guest that you know who he is and you have seen probably his YouTube channel. So I don't want to give you more spoils. Uh, but yeah, it's going to come a very special episode. We're going to talk about a lot of games and a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff. And also I'm going to tell you in the future, in the near future actually, what are my plans for 2021. Anyway, that was all. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Follow in a social, follow me in a social media at SoloBG Podcast, Gmail, Facebook, and uh, Instagram and Twitter. And and yeah, please do it. And remember that you can check out KickstarterGames.com to get fifteen percent off with the code SoloBG. There you go. There you have it. Lord of the Rings. Let's go and kill some orcs. And like always, remember for victory. Go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.